We are in the middle of a series. Uh, this being the beginning of the year. And my goodness, I enjoyed what Mfundisin Konzo shared there on prayer about building. Our theme definitely this year is on building. And uh, the last two weeks, we, we spoke under the subtopic, Our God, a Builder. So we learned the last two weeks that our God is a builder. In fact, we said that building is God's modus operandi. That's how God does anything. God builds. And as Murutun Konza was saying, little by little, brick by brick, one thing at a time. And that's how actually anything of substance in life is. In fact, God has really designed that Everything that matters in life must be built. If you want to build a business of any size, it must be built. If you want to have a family that's good, a good family, it must be built. If you want to have a marriage that's a quality marriage, it must be built. If you want to have good relationships, it must be built. In other words, we will never have any success in life if we don't approach life from the mentality of building. Approaching life with a microwave mentality the Ngoku mentality will never work. We should say to ourselves, if there's anything good that's going to be of my life in any area, I must learn to be a builder. So we talked about that. I don't want to go back there because today we've got a very long uh, topic. We want to talk about many points. We actually today want to talk about how to build a remarkable life. Every one of us here, God wants you to be a remarkable person and build a remarkable life. Look at your neighbor and say, you better start looking like you're remarkable or otherwise it's going <laughs> to... The word remarkable means exceptional, outstanding. It means uncommon, worthy of notice, unusual or extraordinary. God wants us to build that kind of life, which is exceptional, outstanding, uncommon, something that about you that can be noticed, not to boast, but something that really makes you to stand out, unusual, extraordinary. In fact, when you read the Bible, there are certain characters when you read about them, they stand out. I mean, what they did is not what everybody else did. They had impact. They get your attention. These are names of unbelievable, remarkable people. For instance, if you read the life about the life of Deborah, what about Esther? What a life. Job, what a life. Nehemiah, my goodness. What about Paul? You'll know that these people stood out because their secret was they were willing to do what others were not willing to do. They differentiated themselves in the way they lived their lives. Some of them prayed longer. Some of them worked harder. Some of them exercised more faith. Some of them were willing to pay the price. In fact, all of them were willing to pay the price that most people are not willing to pay. And for that reason, we are aware of them. We read about them. We talk about them. We use them as examples. We use them as People whose life we can follow. These are remarkable people. And we all know, all around us, there's remarkable people we read about in newspapers, on television, people in all other sectors, business, politics. We read about remarkable people in sports. 
This week we just heard about the passing of one of our remarkable players, Phil Masinga. You know, Uchipa, what a player. I mean, this guy who, who scored a head trick, you know, in a space of 10 minutes. I mean, what a player. You know, so we were all talking about him and the whole nation has come almost to a standstill as we remember that. But what I like about these remarkable people is that they were willing to maximize in who God had made them. See, you can never be a remarkable person if you do not understand that God has made you unique. And in your uniqueness, you need to maximize in your uniqueness. There's nobody else on this planet who's just like you. Tell your neighbor, I'm so glad that you're not like me. I'm so happy. <laughs> you can only be remarkable when you maximize in the unique person that you are. So when, when, when you develop those unique abilities that God has endowed you with, then you become a remarkable person. In the teachings of Jesus, Jesus really did his best to push people beyond the norm. You know, Jesus didn't want people to just settle for things that are good. He wanted them to really push the boundaries, be better, you know. Don't just have faith, have great faith, you know. I mean, don't just pray, pray for an hour, you know. I mean, don't just do that. And he uses many examples, and this parable he uses in Matthew 7, when I used to listen to it as a child at church, you know, I used to think all that Jesus was talking about in this parable was about people who are going to heaven and those who are not going to heaven. You know, about the narrow gate. But when you look at this parable closer, it's a principle of life. Of course it does include going to heaven and not going to heaven, serving God and not serving God, but it's a much broader principle. Look at Matthew 7 from verse 13. We see in this parable, really when you sum it up, Jesus is saying, We need to make a choice to take a specific road, which I want to call the road that is less traveled. And he says, those who take that road that is less traveled will become remarkable people. Look at it, verse 13. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Now he said the road road that leads to destruction. And in so far as I know, destruction is not only about missing God. There's things that can destroy our health, destroy our family, destroy our career. There are things that when we do can be destructive. And let's tell the truth, you know, things that are destructive seem to be easier to do. It's much easier to eat junk food than to eat healthy food. Look at your neighbor and say, even if you don't say amen, he's telling the truth. Much easier. It's really much easier to be lazy than to be hardworking. Let's tell the truth. You know, it's much more quicker to get things through the wrong way, back door, than front door. It's in Amenugula Yundawu. Yeah. It's much easier. It's much easier to, on a day like this, to just stay at home and not have the discipline to go to church. It's much easier not to pray than to pray. It's much easier not to read the Bible. It's much easier to be an irresponsible parent than to be an involved and present parent. It's much easier not to study. So, you know, when it talks about the narrow road or the narrow gate, you know, that narrow gate is a difficult gate. So Jesus is saying, enter the narrow gate. Why? Because the, 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 the gate that leads to destruction is wide. And note what he says. He says, and there are many who go in by it. Huh? 
So in other words, it's just there. You, all you need to do is just to go in. It's almost like if, if, you, if you jump in a river that's going this way, it's much more easier to allow the river to take you downstream. It doesn't take any effort. If you get into a canoe, get into the river, the river will take you there. You know, the road that leads to destruction, that's how easy it is. Just get in the boat, don't do anything, and you'll end up in that road. But if you want to turn the canoe and go the other way and swim upstream, that's not easy. He says on the second part of that road, he says, he says, and there are men who go in by it, verse 14, because narrow is the gate. And, read with me, uh, let me hear you. Narrow is the gate and what? And what? And what? Difficult. What? It's what? Oh, why are you whispering? It's what? It's difficult. Difficult. Difficult is the way which leads to life. And listen to what it says. There are very few who find it. Yeah. That's the way it's life. Very few remarkable people in life. Very few. Why? Because the road they chose is the difficult road. Choose the difficult road this year. Oh, they're not saying amen here. Okay, I'll try these ones here. I said choose the difficult road this year. Yeah. Choose, choose the narrow road this year. And notice that this narrow road, this difficult road, you, you must find it. It doesn't bring itself to you. The other one you just go in. This one you must find. So you must be willing when, uh, to be different and to go after this narrow road because it's a difficult road. Can I hear an amen? amen. So we read about all these men and women in the Bible who were remarkable people. One of the people the Bible talks about a lot is Daniel. Amazing. And when we read about this young man, Daniel, it's when they had been taken as, as, as slaves into Babylon. As God's people, Nebuchadnezzar had invaded the Holy Land, taken God's people, and here he is in a foreign land. But he gets chosen by the king to serve there as an executive and as an administrator. But even after he was chosen, he still went further to distinguish himself. Look at Daniel 6 verse 3. The NIV says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps, these are the executives, by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. He distinguished himself, it says, by his exceptional qualities. Wow. One translation says, Daniel distinguished himself by the remarkable qualities he had. See, so Daniel, he, he stood out above others. And in fact, I would, I would ask you to go read that story about Daniel. You'll note that there are things that he did that others were not doing. In the same way, when you choose to do certain things that others are not doing, and you go by the narrow gate, you will also be distinguished. You will also be a remarkable person. The good thing is that these qualities that people like Daniel had, we also can learn. That's the nice thing. We can build them into our lives. Only if we are willing to put in the effort and commit ourselves fully to build these qualities into your life, you also can become a remarkable person. I think you should say amen because as the sermon goes, you won't get a chance to say amen. 
All right? So I'm going to outline some of these qualities to Daniel. There's many of them, but there's one that I want to really focus on. If you read the life of Daniel, even if it doesn't say it so glaringly, you'll know that Daniel was a very respectful person. All right? Very respectful person. And of all these remarkable people, the Bible does mention some of the qualities that they had. All right? He was very respectful. And I want to talk about this a bit because, you know, we live in a world where this quality, this thing called respect, we don't say much about. That's why I'm not getting many amens this morning. Mm, You know? One of the qualities that will make us to be remarkable people is when we show respect. See, respecting others shows that we have respect for God. Why? Because we honor the other person because they were created by God. In this world of ours, humility is becoming a rare commodity. We live in a world of people who are very rude. And you know, and I, don't, and I understand, you know, we're trying to help everybody that be yourself, be your unique self. But we've been so overemphasized self that in our world, people so want to be self at the expense of everybody else. You know, people are so aware of who they are and they all want to stand out, and it doesn't matter what I do to you as long as I am my own best self. And yet the Bible talks about that as a problem of the last days. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to verse 5, it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Now, now note, God didn't say don't love yourself, because then that would contradict what Jesus said. When he says you must love your neighbor as you love yourself, there's nothing wrong in loving yourself. The problem is if you love yourself at the expense of everybody else. If I so love myself that I can trample all over you and never care what you think as long as I love me. So he says people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, considered lovers of pleasure than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying his power, it says have nothing to do with them. So we need therefore to be careful that in our attempt to self-actualize, in our attempt to have a good, healthy self-esteem, which we should do, we shouldn't tread on the dignity of others in the process. So here's what I want to say. In this rude world of ours, differentiate yourself by being respectful. Differentiate yourself. Look at your neighbor who's not clapping and say, why are you not clapping? You don't want to differentiate yourself. (laughs) In this self-possessed world, with self and me, myself, and I, Be one of those people that even if you are sure of who you are and you don't trample on who you are, you show respect. Now, what does it mean to respect? Well, in the light of our topic, this is not a dictionary definition, but in the light of our topic, when I speak of respect, I'm defining it as the ability to appreciate the uniqueness of others. See, that person sitting next to you is a unique person. That person sitting next to you is made in the image of God. Yeah, that person sitting next to you, God took the time to create them. 
Yeah, whether they were yatsart or they were born not, they, they, they have been made by God. Look at your neighbor and say, you are, a, you are a unique person. And In fact, look at them and say, you are so lucky to be sitting next to me because I'm unique, you know. <laughs> so respect in this context will be to appreciate the worth and the uniqueness of others, to value the worth and affirm the dignity of everyone. Why? Because God made them. See, anytime we disrespect anyone or anything that's made by God, we're actually insulting God. Yes. It's actually arrogant when you don't respect other people because you are telling God that you should have made everybody like me because I'm the standard. I'm the standard. But the truth is, when you read God's word, you find that God blesses people who are respectful. Jesus himself, his own people who had been waiting for him for years, when he finally came as the Messiah, they missed out on the blessing he carried because they wouldn't show respect. In Matthew 13, in the New Living Translation, from verse 53, it says, when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. Listen, they said, He's just the carpenter's son. You know, you, know, you know the problem with people? They think that if, if they left you as a carpenter, when they come back after 10 years, they will still find you being a carpenter. Oh, yeah. That's just the problem with people. How they, they want to just always define you by where they found you at a certain time in their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hadn't moved on. They still see him as a carpenter. Doesn't matter the anointing of God. Doesn't matter the power of God. Doesn't matter the teachings. It doesn't matter whatever he did. They just looked at him and said, I see Amazelo. Yeah, see Amazelo. You want to go white city? They said, he's just a carpenter's son. Note, and we know Mary. Isn't it interesting? People say, see Amazelo. Let's tell the truth, eh? Even if you say you know somebody, the fact that you're on the same street doesn't mean you know them. You know, people are oh, I see a mass. Basing in school tonight. So, yeah, it's my neighbor, Kiamutsiba. <laughs> they say we know him. Listen what they say. We know Mary, his mother, his brothers, James and Joseph, Simon and Judas, all his sisters, they live here among us. And they say, where did he learn all these things? Note verse 57. And they were deeply offended. And they refused to believe him. Yeah? No respect. No respect. And Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown. And among his own people. And so, verse 58, he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Everywhere he went... He was outstanding in the power of God being displayed. 
But when he came into an atmosphere of disrespect, disrespect choked the power of God. I tell you. Disrespect and dishonor blocked the power of God. They couldn't receive what God had in store for them. Why? Because you can never receive from what you despise. Oh, yeah. You'll never. You'll never. So Jesus admonishes us to be humble. To be respectful. In Matthew 23 verse 12, in the contemporary English version, it says, if you put yourself above others, you will be put down. And when you read it, it's exactly what James says. He says, God gives grace to the humble, but God resists the proud. The one who puts you down who resists is not the people. It's God. Can you imagine? Huh? He says, if you put yourself above others, if you put yourself above others, you will be put down. It's not the people who will put you down. God will just say, when are we in doubt? He says, but if you humble yourself, you'll be honored. So Peter says in 1 Peter 2.17, respect everyone. Respect how many people? How many people? How many people? Only those who are successful? Only those who have money? Only those who have money? Respect how many people? Everyone. We need to learn to respect every person. Everyone. Now, God is not saying be a pushover. God didn't say be a doormat. No, 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 no. But you can still show respect without being a doormat. God didn't say allow yourself to be abused. That's not what he said. He just said be respectful. Respect everyone. You know, studies reveal that people who are disrespectful get stuck in life. It's a scientific study. One of the things about success, if you read about success, you'll know that in success, there's nobody who can succeed by themselves. Nobody. Doesn't matter how endowed you are, how talented you are, how great you are, how intelligent you are, you're going to need some, somebody in your life. You're going to need a connection. So studies are showing people who go further in life are those who have learned to get along with other people. Yeah, there are certain things, Barcelona, where you get there because of somebody, via somebody, in somebody, through somebody, by somebody, of somebody, who knew somebody, who knew Rakari wa Maloma wa next door, ya Rangwane wa next door, ya ko opposite, ya back opposite, ya ko next door, ya ko Zola. Anybody knows what I'm talking about, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you didn't get there by yourself. Many of the things that one knows, even in ministry today, it was because somebody connected me with somebody who connected with somebody. I read somebody's book. I heard somebody's sermon. I went to somebody's seminar. Eh? And, you know, it's, it's all like that. But in this world, that saying, uh, I, I work so hard by myself. By yourself, guy. To start with, you should tell us if you were born by yourself. If nothing else, there's a woman that you're owing boarding and lodging for nine months. You stayed in a womb free of charge, cuddled up like this by yourself. People who don't show respect, 
Never go far in life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Even if you are a great person, I've seen great people, very talented people, they could go far. But my goodness. Hey. And you know, even if you want to give them an opportunity, you just say this one, and no. You know, even in, in, in soccer teams, I mean, you know, you, you have a great player. I was watching one sport recently. I won't tell you which one it was. It's recent. Yeah, it's a principle. I'm not talking about somebody. It's a principle. This guy got knocked out in the first few rounds. And, and so he had this interview. It was an awkward interview. You know, where you are, the, you are there as the members of the press to interview the guy, but he's intimidating you. And you all feel intimidated as journalists. Nobody wants to ask. So you know how journalists are. They will ask and probe. At some point, there was this icy silence. Everybody was quiet for several minutes. So he kept looking around and said, and this guy is one of the best sports people you can ever find. Great. And, and so I, I just decided to go back and sort of check on YouTube some of their previous press conferences and performances. And I realized their life is riddled with that. Yeah. Every now and then they have these outbursts. They have these altercations. They have these awkward things. Tell your neighbor, I hope he's not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you read the Bible, it's amazing that there's about 50 categories of 50 different areas where we need to show respect. 50. I'm just going to talk about 10 of them. 50. An area we must respect. It's not, it's not, it's not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion we must respect. All right. I told people in the first service that you must give me a lot of amens because as this sermon goes, the amens will go to be less and less and less. So just give me all the amens I can get so that if you can't, no, I know you've said it in credit. And, 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 you know, amen, amen, amen. Ten areas where we need to show respect so as to be remarkable people. Do you want to know them? Yes. Number one, we must show respect to God's name and God's word. Show respect. We mustn't use the name of God in vain. We mustn't use the name of God as an expletive. An expletive is when you have an oath or it's a, it's a meaningless exclamation that stands by itself like, Yo! Habe! My goodness! Now, nothing wrong with those types of exclamation. But let's not use the name of God as, My God! Mutimwak! I told you about the amens, remember? <laughs> remember I told you to give me all the amens that you can get? Yeah. I mean, even on WhatsApp, people go, OMG. We shouldn't use the name of God. I, I, I'll do a whole teaching on that this year. Today I can't. I'll just touch on it. But in Exodus 20 verse 7, I'll read it in three different translations. Listen to what it says. The, the New King James reads, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The New Living Translation reads, You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. 
The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. The New Century Version is even more tough. It says, you must not use the name of the Lord your God thoughtlessly. The Lord will punish anyone who misuses his name. And you know, and, and you know, it has become such a popular thing to misuse the name of God and the name of Jesus. It's thrown around in movies when people really want to express themselves and they throw in the name of Jesus. And, and what I found strange is I've never heard anybody throw in the name of Allah. I'm not saying they should. They shouldn't. But I've never heard anybody. But see, they do it with the Christian faith because we Christian people are not an example in that. Yeah. We use the name of our God in vain. We must show respect. Did you know something? Yeah, and I'm going into what I'll be teaching, but do you know that even the name Yahweh, it was written with consonants, no vowels? Huh? It's not like we write it Y-A- W-H-E. They had no A, had no E. Just written only with consonants. They did it on purpose. Because they understood, they, they felt the name of God is too holy to be pronounceable. So you, you have to write it in such a way that you can't pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. That's how holy the name of the Lord was to be regarded. Oh, but today, even when people are swearing, Jesus comes in. Oh, yeah. Must show respect to the name of God. And don't let anybody use the name of God in vain and be quiet about it. We must protest, comrades, robustly. Must protest. Don't ever use the name of my God like that. Look at the and say, he told you about the amens that they won't be coming in. So we must show respect to the name of God and God's word. Second Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. Note, we don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We shouldn't use the word of God to trick people. Get money out of their pockets by using the Bible. Huh? Or you want somebody to do something with malavers. That's, that's, that's not how the word. The word of God should be preached. We should use the word. But you can't take God's word and force people. And you open the Bible and say, the, the Bible says, you, 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 can't, you can't use the name. You can't. We need to be respectful of God's word. Yes, we must preach it. We must teach it. But let's not abuse it. Are you there, Bazalon? Yeah. Tell your neighbor you'll get another chance to say amen. Don't worry. Number two, I must show respect to my parents. I'm glad I hear a lot of young voices saying amen. Both natural and spiritual parents show respect. Ephesians 6 verse 1 to verse 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. You know, honoring somebody is a choice we make. Note, God never qualified it. He said, honor. You may not agree with what they do. You may not approve of the way they treat you. You may be very hurt by the things they've done. But show honor. Don't call them names. Don't address them 
anyhow, show honor. Yeah. I'm telling you. Little what it says. It says it is the first commandment with promise. Did you know what we've just read? Honor your father and your mother was in the Ten Commandments. Of all the Ten Commandments that God gave, all of them God only gave the instruction. It's only this one that went with a promise. Yeah. He says, honor them so that it may be well with you and that you may live long. All the others, it just says, do this. Don't worship other gods. Don't do this. Don't do this. If you do it, it will be well with you. Yeah. What does it mean? Everything, thing in your life, things in your life will go well. And you live long on the earth because you have honored your parents, both natural and spiritual. <laughs> Thank you. We need some more of those. Number three, I must show respect to my spouse. Husband and wives, show respect to your spouse. Let me talk to the men. Men, we need to show respect to our wives. Show respect. Yeah. First Peter 3, verse 7. I'm reading you the Bible. I'm just showing you what the Bible is saying. It says, in the same way, your husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Amen. Amen. See, if you don't treat her okay, mebrur, your prayers are not getting answered. God, even when you are praying and say, God says, I'm not going to respond. He has no respect. He has no respect. Oh, no, he has no respect. Amen. 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 Now, I, I, I read this the last time in our prayer time, and, and the ladies were so happy. They were ready to erect a statue to my honor. And, and after the service, some guys at the back wanted to talk to me. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's level the playing fields here. What does the Bible say to the women? Ah, you see, now you guys are not saying amen. You see now, you guys, you see. You guys, you men, you men are not saying amen. I'm talking for you, Kelly Zahamachans. Oh. oh, yeah. What does the Bible say to the women? It says, in the Living Bible, it says, in Ephesians 5.33, So again, I say, a man must love his wife as part of himself, and the wife must see to it that she deeply respects her husband. Ah, chance. Hey. Hey. No, no, not just respect, but deeply, deeply, deeply. Woo. If you are sitting next to your wife and say, We are Muzu Bishop Putin. I like what I'm seeing in the front row here. It says, deeply respect your husband. Listen. Obeying. Hey. Praising. And honoring him. You know, we, we, we so hurt one another as, as, as couples. If, if everybody was to keep to what God said, our homes would be good. 
Yeah. And society is not doing us a favor by the things that are trying to feed us. I'm telling you. You know, sometimes when the men are together, they say, oh, no. And then the ladies, when I would not, never. Never, I'm planning. Yo. Why don't we do what God said? Because what God said is the right thing. Respect. Respect one another. Amen. Number four. Is it number four? Number four. I must show respect to the body of Christ. I must show respect to the pastors, church leaders, other church members, other churches as well. Yeah. We must show respect. You know, it's so difficult these days to, 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 to do it. You know, I was, I was talking with one leader of another church just this week. It's, it's, a, it's a mainline church because many people we relate with in our church. Mainline church. And I'm talking to them. So we were just talking. And this leader says to me, hey, these people that we are leading, I won't tell you all the words he said, but he said they are sharks. He said they are troublesome. So I wanted to know what have they done. He said, Jay, you know, when they want to get married, we have a system in the church where they have to come in for counseling. Oh, I said, oh, you also do premarital counseling? He said, yeah. I said, tell me, because we are having so many challenges ourselves. Some of these people had grace. Hey. <laughs> you know, some members are difficult members. I tell you, some church people are so difficult to lead. So difficult to be their leader. You are trying, Marai. Achichiriza, man. So I said to him, tell me. He said, no, no, no. People just come here and they want me to marry them now. And I said to them, no, no, we must first do counseling. I must check all the legal things. At least you must come so many months before. I said, ha, you also do it, Kanti? He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, I thought you were the only people. He said, never. If I just hurry it, I'm going to be in trouble with the law. I have to check this. I must also ask them if they know what they're doing. I must also give them biblical counseling. I said, I thought I'm the only one. So I wanted to ask him this question. I was itching to ask him this question. I said, tell me, if they don't comply, what do you do? He said, oh, Hey, I was relieved. I said, I thought we are the only ones. Then I realized, you know, we are living in a time when people, they come to church, but they want to impose their own set of moralities. Yeah. Even if they know what's required, we stand here and announce, if you're getting married in the next six months, please contact us. You know, even in, in discipleship, we explain those things. Yeah. You explain them. Or, no, before you marry, this and this. It's all explained. It's all there. No, no, no. They read, when the marriage comes, hi. <laughs> and then when you ask, then, then, then you are in trouble. And then if you don't do it, it's already on Facebook. We've had newspapers phoning us. Yeah, there's a member in your church who said you won't marry them. And I said, what does that have to do with you, Shwashwi? What, what does that have to do with you? 
No, but you are insensitive. You are not helping the community. Kiri, you know what? This is an issue between us and our member, okay? Chwada. Yeah, chwada. Write whatever you want to write. Just chwada. But you see, people want to put even pressure through social media. You want to put something that's trending just to force the church. I'll say it now because it was public. It was public, so I'm going to say it. Can I say it? Some time ago when, you know, we couldn't, some, I don't know if I should say it, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But when the, when the venue was supposed to be used by somebody and, and it, it was denied, and then everybody was on the radio and on Twitter and on newspapers, and there's a guy who really took us to pieces, even found in the radio, and I was listening to all this criticism. People don't know us. They don't know us. They don't know us. But opinions and these churches, they are just there to take people's money. They are just there for their own thing. If they really can't, they just, oh! And I said to our people, I said, you know what, Basalan? Let them, let them talk. They, they, we're not, we're not, we're not going to let people push us according to their standards. They don't know our systems here. Not only that, I told them, I said, you know what? I've never had any of our members in our church criticize us for the venue. And they are the ones who built it and paid for it. Luna Halansani Sente. Suga. Yeah. But I'm glad one of these guys who was very vocal, finally he apologized on social media and said, you know what, I was unfair to the church. After the facts, of course. Only found out later. You know. But you know, it's so difficult to lead today. I tell you. Even in churches. So difficult. Why people come here, they don't show respect. No. Even if a church tries to do it right, try to understand, no. In Hebrews 13, verse 17, obey your leaders. Act under their authority. It says they're watching over you because they are responsible for your souls. Obey them so that they will, not do, th- they will do this work with joy, not with sadness. The last thing you want is to want to have an angry pastor. I tell you, a sad, angry pastor, when they come here, oh, you are in trouble when they preach. Oh, you don't want that. Now, we don't say we as pastors should abuse our authority now. And it doesn't mean we cannot always use, you know, uh, uh, we can consider cases on merit. We can. But it's also hard in church to do this for one and not for the other because, oh, you have a favor. Because picture picture on social Bible or Facebook, no posting. I take pictures with everybody. But yeah. we need to learn. Romans 12:10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Love that person next to you. Note what it says. I'll do one another in showing honor. Honor the ushers, honor the parking attendants. Huh? Huh? Honor them, honor them, honor them. Honor them. Don't, 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 no. Honor. I'll do one another in showing honor. You know, sometimes people honor us, but the way they treat one another. How about another? Oh, pastor. Oh, bishop. Oh, what's it? Oh, what's it? Oh, what kind? 
<laughs> Number five, I must show respect to older people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leviticus 19.32, note, it says you will stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And it's not man and male. And you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. Honor elderly people. Honor elderly people. Look at 1 Timothy 5, verse 1 and 2. Paul is writing to Timothy, a young pastor. And this old veteran of a preacher is teaching the young pastor how to run the church. This is what he says to Timothy. He says, do not sharply censure or rebuke an older man. You know, sometimes when people are in a place of leadership, they, they take it as dominance. We don't have a right to say whatever we want to people simply because we are leading. I can't just come here and just use any words and insult you in the name of being a leader. That is not right. That's not right. You see, now I'm even preaching to us preachers. So I'm preaching to me. Says, oh, where's my verse? Can you bring it back? Do not sharply censure or rebuke an older man, but entreat and plead with him as you would with a father. Treat younger men like brothers. Keep going. Treat older women like mothers and younger women like sisters in all purity. Treat them with respect. Yeah. Yeah. But Zalana, listen, you know, one of the blessings I'm thankful for is all these older leaders in our church. You know, that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing in our culture. Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I tell people. We shouldn't forego those things that we've embraced even in our culture to use a prefix. But sometimes in other cultures we say, no, call me John. No. I had a preacher who came here and I kept on saying, Pastor, so he said, no, 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 not Pastor so, so I'm John. I said, no, to me you are Pastor so-and-so. He said, no, just relax. I said, no, I'm relaxed, Pastor so-and-so. I'm relaxed. I'll tell you why. If I use a prefix, to me, it, it, it creates an, an invisible boundary that I'll never cross with you because you are my senior. Yeah. We need to learn to respect older people. You should learn to respect. Don't, don't mistreat older people. See what they do to them in, in our queues. In the taxis, in the trains, everywhere we go. In church. Older people. We shouldn't do that. You'll get there too. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you'll get there. You, you'll know what it is to be old. You'll know what it is. How about to buy show over shebe or challa? Hee hee. Over show kamu. Explain to your neighbor how to over show king. How about him? Maybe demonstrate it to them. They don't know it. I tell you. I tell you. You'll understand what it is when they forget. Utsere pay pay so maroi, but I can pay pay. 
and wali chika kamo ewan ikai paypiak how cool shoganjan ngasoz rasela ngai we pet you'll get there too <laughs> yeah you you will know what it feels like you know one of the things to 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 appreciate is to try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes yeah and this leads me to my next point we need to learn to show respect to unbelievers first peter 3 verse 15 in the new living translation First Peter 3. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Note the next verse. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Yeah, yeah. Let's show respect. That someone is not a believer in Christ doesn't give us a license to disrespect them. Hmm? I mean, I used to commute by train, you know, in the 80s. And, you know, sometimes when you had the, the, the train evangelists, the way they used to preach hey i tell you hey the sermon was too too graphic i mean it's called a sermon mara they are they are they are bit too link certain things and i'm thinking no 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 say but you can't be say no it's because you compromise i said but compromise in fact whilst we are still on the subject whilst we are still on the subject go and study in the bible and see who are the people that Jesus used those harsh words on that he called murderers adulterers children of the devil snakes go and read in the bible it's only the pharisees and the sadducees it's church people go and read it it's it's church it's church people it's and and when you read the context he said that to them because he was so angry with their hypocrisy That's why he called them that. They were so hypocritical. On the one hand they are telling other people to do but come on they are doing stuff. So Jesus called them those names. There's not a single person who was not a follower of Christ who was a sinner that Jesus ever used those names on. Even the woman taken in adultery Jesus never said you're an adulterer. Never. Never. Go read it. There's not even as even when Jesus went to the house of 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 uh, Zacchaeus, the the tax collector. This guy, the Bible says he was he used to deal in in corruption. He was a money launderer. He used to take things from people in an unscrupulous way. Jesus never said anything. He says today I must come to your house. It was the Pharisees who were offended or if he knew what kind of guy this is he if he's, he thinks he's a man of God mara if he's a real man of God he wouldn't ever go to the oh, chineke he wouldn't go there ow oh. but Jesus never and if we really understand the scriptures we will really show honor and show respect to the people who are not followers of Christ that we know the gospel and we've been saved by God gives us no license to be disrespectful to them if anything else we should treat them with respect i tell you you'll be a remarkable person they'll talk about you you know so and so even if we don't believe what they believe even if you don't go to the church but you must see the way they greet us see the way they talk to us with respect oh yeah vumanibo 
Number what? Number five. Number seven. We must show respect to the poor. Show respect to the poor. Look at Exodus 22:25. This sermon is not easy, I know. If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like the money launderer. You shall not be like the machonisa to him. You shall not charge him interest. <laughs> we'll teach a full sermon on this this year. God is on the side of poor people. Now, we're not in any way saying poor people don't do wrong things. Nor are we saying they must get away with murder. We're not in any way saying that. No, 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 no. But there's something about poor people that they have a special place in the heart of God. Yeah. Jesus, when he preached his first sermon, his first thing he says, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He put them first. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I've been anointed. God specially anointed me. The power of God specially came on me. Specially. Number one on the list is poor people. Yeah. Yeah. Now we don't say poor people must abuse that. We don't say they should. But we must love the poor. Ultra. Exodus 23, verse 6 in the NIV. Do not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits. This is a problem. Today in the courts around the world, where those who have deep pockets, when they're involved in a lawsuit with someone who doesn't have, they will push the case and postpone the case until the poor person runs out of money. Finally, the court rules in their favor of those who have deep pockets. Not because of justice. It's not justice. Yeah. It's not justice. But you see, if you don't understand that, you know, you know poor people have so many issues, Vazalan. So many issues. So many issues. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There are people who have options. There are, there are those who, if this doesn't work, we can do this. If it doesn't work here, you can go live somewhere else. If this shop is closed, you can drive somewhere to buy another. There are those who are stuck. Ah, in a vicious circle. Yeah, they have to scramble for a living. And God looks at them and he says, but these people have got dignity. One of the things I do, I don't do it always, Basalam. But if I ever give money to people at the traffic lights, and I'm not necessarily encouraging that. But if I ever give them, I give them something that's worth something. I'm not going to give them 50 cents. What am I going to do with 50 cents? If you ever have poor people that you give clothes to, please don't give them those. And the condition, don't insult them. I mean, I mean the, the already their, their life is... In fact, I've done it on purpose when I've seen some of these people selling, selling stuff. Some people who sell stuff, I meet them somewhere, some guy, some abundant, so on. Sometimes it's not because I need the belt. I just want to support the guy. And if the belt is, if the belt is 20 rands, I'll give him 200 rands. I'm being honest, it's just something I've developed in my life. I'll give him 200. I said, no, I just, I like the way you are showing effort, man. God bless you, man. God help you out of this. Go, go, let's show. Let's show love. Oh, 
Now, I'll be the first ones to challenge poor people to try and express themselves and use their talent. I'll be the first one to challenge them not to be dependent. I'll, be, I'll say that to them. But I'll also be the first one to tell them I understand. There are times when you need someone to help you. Yeah, you need a, like somebody said, you, you, you don't need a hand out, you need a hand up. Yeah, you need someone to give you a boost, a booster, a starter pack. I'll be there to give you a starter pack. I tell you. I tell you, Vazalan. It becomes sad when you see the arrogance people get when they have money and when they have education and when they have power and they have big churches. And, and all of a sudden, poor people disappear before us. We don't even treat them with honor. So these guys who, who pull their trolleys down the street with, by equity from head, the whole head. That is somebody made in God's image, please. 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 When they come to your rubbish bin to come and try and, and take stuff out to recycle, please say hello. Please talk to them nicely. They're God's people. Now that's someone made in the image of God. The image of God is in there. This past Wednesday in our area, there's one who came to come and pick up their stuff. And as I went, as I was reversing out, coming, coming to the office, and I was reversed out, he's there in the... You know, and I stopped. I said, oh, so forward to, I called him forward. I said, forward to Gunjai. He couldn't believe it. He looks at me. He said, I'm right. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go That's all. But what does it cost, eh? What does it cost, eh? What does it cost? Nothing. But you know what it does in the heart of that person? They realize what the name is going to be. Oh, Oh, Wagiti. Number eight, we must show respect. This is going to be tough. We must show respect to the migrants and foreigners. Tell your neighbor, he told you about the amens. He told you about the amens. Leviticus 19.33, let's read it. Note what it says. Do not mistreat foreigners living in your country. Next verse. But treat them just as you would treat your own citizens. Love foreigners as you love yourselves because you were foreigners one time in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Yeah? Now, I'm not saying we should let foreigners do illegal things or come into the country without, you know, without proper... No, no. None of that. But we can't be against people simply because they're foreigners. We can't do that. We can't do that. And God help us in this nation. That we don't mistreat foreigners. You know, Zalana, I wish some of you could travel a bit. If, if, if God helping you. you. You don't have to go far. Just, just cross the border, go to Zimbabwe. Just go and see what our brothers and sisters are going through there. You just, just cross the border. It's not far. It's six hours. Six hours you'll be at Musina. Then you drive in. You'll be right in Zimbabwe. Six hours. You can drive. If you, if you, if you, if you can't drive, you can get a bus and go through. Just go, just, for, just go for a day. Just go and just go and be in Zimbabwe and just see. Oh, you, you, it, will, it, will, it will break your heart. Oh, it will. A few years ago, you know, we've preached a lot in Zimbabwe. We've got lots of friends there. 
There's this minister friend of mine and his, their family friends, him and his wife. He's a former war veteran. He used to do guerrilla war. Yeah, he got born again, of course. But this man has got a, had, had a heart of stone. Hardened man. Strong, hard guy. Can withstand anything. I remember a few years ago he had called me and he'd come into the country. I always go and see him and spend time with him. And things were hard. And he was telling me how hard things were. You know. And he broke down and cried. I mean, yes, this guy who is a war veteran, guerrilla war, the situation is such that it's breaking down a man like this. Now, I'd known him. He's not a guy who'd come and try to get stuff from me, in case that's what you're thinking. I knew him for too long for him to do that. And I remember as I went home to go ask my wife and get some clothes for them and, and try and help them, we tried, we tried our best. Give them just... But then, I think three, four years ago, get a phone call from him. He... He's hospitalized. What had happened was he, was he was on his farm plowing with a tractor and one of the politicians came out with his 4x4 driving down the road at a high speed, knocked the tractor and he was knocked over, broke his pelvis. Whole pelvis, broken. Couldn't walk. Doctors didn't know what to do for him. Couldn't do any operation. When he phones me, he's in the hospital. I asked Mama, my, my Bishop Gara, please can I go see him? She was kind of said, please go. I, and I took a flight to Bulawayo and landed there. And he had arranged for some of his people to come and pick me up. They came and picked me up at the, at the airport and I went to the hospital when I walked in. Oh, oh, Bazalan. This man with a broken pelvis, he, he had not, I mean, he had been there, I think, three weeks or so. He had not been attended, no operation. Listen to me, not even a painkiller. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I walked in, I, 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 I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Because here's somebody who can't walk. He's got, his family was there. His children were there. His wife was there. He's the only breadwinner. He, he's a farmer that's, that's the only income they get. Yes, this man. Oh, we were ready to fly him to South Africa. I was ready. We'll pay whatever to bring him here for medical attention. Doesn't matter how much it costs, we're going to do it. But I remember as I stood there and I, and I, and I, and I tried to not cry in front of him. I just, and I said, I said to him, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. We need a miracle here. I said, God, please, I ask you. Heal this man. Heal him. Three weeks later, he walked. He stood up. Ah. This is three years ago. I still have contact with him. He walks now. He tries to work on his farm. I was looking at that and I thought, you know, you'll never understand what it is. When things are not working in your land and you see the other side, and you say, I want to go there legally. I, can I go hospital? Can I stay there, start my business? If, if I'm here legally, why come steal my stuff? Why, why come, you know, we're trying to resolve something, come on, white city, come on. The people went in and stole the 
the, the stuff from Tona, they say it's expired. But they ate it. I mean, even when we went to court, there was no evidence. The exhibit is in the people's stomach. Stop calling them Batuakwa. Stop calling them Makwerekwere. You know what? You travel one day and be in another country where you are all by yourself. Where you are all by yourself. And see the value of being treated properly. No, we're not talking about breaking the law. That's not what I'm talking about. In case that's what you're thinking. We're not saying our economy must be overloaded. And that's not, I'm not saying our borders must be porous. No. But I'm saying if people are here legally, they're God's people. Even those who are here illegally, they're also God's people. But they're God's people. God help us as a nation. Look at your neighbor and say, Ayashi Samateki. Number nine. Show respect to your opponents. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, love your enemies. Even if you oppose somebody of a different party. It's the year of elections. Whether they are DA, ANC, EFF, <laughs> Africa content. <laughs> Africa content. Oh, I'll let's say Africa content party. It doesn't matter. You must honor them. <laughs> Some of you don't get it. <laughs> Some of you don't get it. Respect. Whether they're Orlando Pirates, Kaiser Chiefs, Sundowns, Chipper United, Baroka, honor them. Honor them. Honor them. Black, white, yellow, honor them. Young, old, honor them. Honor everybody. Respect people. Can I hear an amen, Bazaar? 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 Yeah. And in closing, respect those who are in authority. You know, I was looking at our stats, Barcelona, it's at December. And if you're a journalist, I, I hope you can quote me here. But please be nice and be kind. Sometimes I hear the journalists, when they talk about the stats and say they were, you had a campaign. Arrive alive. You know the arrive alive campaign. Yeah. You started earlier. Has it yielded any fruit? And the person said, <coughs> not really. Last year we had so many. This year we had so many. It's an increase, a small increase. And then the journalist says, what are you going to do about it? And you know, I thought, that's unfair. I'll tell you why I say it's unfair. We are allowing people in our country to break the law on their own and put the responsibility on the officials. Thank you, my brother. I really appreciate your hand clap there. I, because you are young, I really appreciate your hand clap. I really, I really appreciate it. I've often asked myself, South Africa has descended into a people who are lawbreakers. Come on, let's tell the truth. We drive beyond the speed limit. We drive without licenses. No, 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 no. Come on now, come on, come on, come on, come on. People go beyond the alcohol limit. And please don't, I'm not, I don't drink, okay? I don't drink and drive. I'm just taking, 
Anything that we are told to do, we don't do. We don't go to SARS and submit. We don't pay TV licenses. We don't pay for electricity. Come on now, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. We don't pay for water. Huh? We have house plans that are not properly approved by council. We have the operation is in your car with electricity. We connect illegally. Huh? Come on now. We, we've just become a, a, a group of lawbreakers. Now, if, if it, people who work in institutions, they still, nobody complies. Nobody complies. Look, some of the airlines that were grounded, I won't call them by name. You know it's public information. They violate all the aviation rules. They don't comply when they say, service the plane so much, do this. They don't do it. So next thing, if we have an accident of the plane, some preacher will send us out, the Lord had given and the Lord has taken away. <laughs> what? what does the Lord have to do with this? We've broken the law. Today are not even on traffic lights. You know, with the traffic lights not working, there are people who don't obey. No. If you are here, they just go the other way. They just go, they cut in. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday, I was, where was I going, Moban? Is it yesterday? It was raining. Was it raining yesterday? No, no, on Friday. Was it raining on Friday? Yeah, on Friday it was raining. I was going for some appointment somewhere, and I was driving Mama's van. Yeah, I'm driving, but it's, it's a three-lane road. Three lanes, okay? This one is for right only. This one is straight and right. But this one is very straight. You, you, if you are here, you must just go straight. Here I'm coming. It's raining. It's wet on the road. And a guy in a... I won't mention the car. You know the usual offenders. But <laughs> I won't mention the brand of the car. You know the usual offenders. I won't. Barcelona, here's the traffic lights over there. We are coming all the way down the road. He or she knows, I don't know who is driving, that they're going to make a right turn on the traffic lights. No. We come all the way, and they're faster than me. They stay on the right lane. As the traffic lights open, they decided to turn and go and turn right. Yeah. I come screeching towards them. Thank God I didn't bump them. Had I bumped them, you would have seen their attitude when they go, hey, oh, it's, it's just people drive like that these days. Yeah. Breaking the law. See, once we get to a point, Barcelona, where there's no law that governs us, whether it's traffic laws, health laws, organizational laws, huh? when people know they can go into power, abuse money, they will go to court to defend themselves. If this is how, if pastors know they can come to church, they can do whatever, even when they're wrong, they will be supported by some. What are we going to come to? No wonder the Bible says, if the foundations be broken, what can the righteous do? There's no foundation of honor, no foundation of respect. We don't comply. If we are told to do something, we don't do it. And when, when it catches up with us, look, our municipalities, they've run out of money. 
Because they themselves, they were eating it, some of them. On top of that, people are not paying. On top of that, there's other captures that are happening. Now, when we run out of things and the country is having problems, everybody wants to say, why should we be afraid? Why should we be surprised? Huh? Why should we be surprised? It's just a matter of time. Any form of disrespect, loyal, lawlessness, dishonor, that's what it gives rise to. Why are we surprised? But I pray that God will make you a remarkable person. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand today. Give the Lord a big hand. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you'll be the remarkable people, the remarkable person who complies, the remarkable people who respects, the remarkable people who honors, the remarkable person who at least has these values in their lives and lives out these values. It's not about other people. It's about you and God. Because God says, if you do it, I'm going to be on your side. Yeah, if you do it, I'll make you prosper. Even when others fail, when I will support you. I see God prospering you and I see God supporting you. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I see God giving more grace, more grace, more grace, more grace, more grace, God, more grace in my life, God, more grace. That's because we become people of respect. Honor the person next to you. Honor other people. We sang a song years ago, very interesting song. You know, we used to look at the person next to us and say, You are my brother, you are my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will walk until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us. Whilst we walk in side by side As long as there is love We will stand You are my brother Hold them by the hand So take me by the hand Together we will walk Together we until Jesus comes, until he comes, there's no foe that can defeat us. Let's stand whilst we're walking As long as there is life, we will stand. You are my if we just recognize the image of God in the other and we understand that you know you're made in God's image and if I respect you and I honor you and God will deal kindly with me but if I don't show respect it's going to be a problem remain standing please
qui sait qui où tu es Send the chorus with us. One more time, give me Please remain standing. If you could please bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are. I feel right now there may be people here that the, the one hindrance you've had in, in, in coming to God and in receiving Christ sometimes is the way the Christian community treated you. But today you've realized that even we as the Christian community, we have our own issues. And there are times when we don't do what God told us. But you've heard that you're a person of worth. Uh, you are a unique person. Made in the image of God. Maybe you are here, you've come on your own or you've been invited. And as yet you haven't received Christ into your life. To be the Savior and the Lord of your life. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to give you this chance. If you are here right where you are standing and you say please pray for me I want to invite Christ in my life I want him to come into my heart and make me a child of God and give me a new start I'm not happy with the way my life is going but I need your intervention I need your intervention I need the intervention of Jesus Christ in my life to make me a different person our heads bowed our eyes closed I want to pray for you right where you are if you need prayer would you raise your hand right where you are? Raise it high so that I can see it. Just raise it high. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. See, only God is able to make right what is wrong in our lives. Only He can change our lives. I see your hands. Even all the way in the foyer there, I see your hands. May I invite everybody who raised their hands. If you could come please from where you are. Walk to the front. I want to pray with you right here in front and as you come please don't leave any of your belongings behind take all your belongings and make your way to the front just come let's pray together